I took a wedding on Friday at Blackheath. It's a really lovely wedding, as all weddings are. And at the beginning of my talk, I shared a story that I'm sure you have heard before. It's the story of the little boy who was sitting at the kitchen table drawing a picture. And his mum comes along and says, what are you drawing? And the little boy says, I'm drawing a picture of God. And his mum says, well, how can you do that? Nobody knows what God looks like. To which the boy returns, well, he will when I've finished my picture. (laughs) And there is a sense that we can't know who God is. But really simply, and this is what I say at most weddings, God is love. If we were to sum up in three words who God is, what he is like, it is that God is love. And scripture tells us that the only reason we know love is because God loves us. He's made us and he's made us to live in relationship with one another. His love is so great that he longs for that relationship to be strong between us and him. But he's given us a gift. He's given us a gift of love for one another. He's given us our church family. He's given us our world. And we live here displaying the love that we have received from him to each other. And that's general and that is universal. But it's particularly special in marriage. And it's particularly special to pray that blessing on a new couple entering into that relationship, beginning their married life, praying a blessing that they will be able to display God's love to each other for the rest of their lives. It's a huge joy today to celebrate with Colin and Jean, who made those promises and vows 50 years ago. And they've known God's love in their marriage, and they've displayed that love to one another through the good times, through the difficult times. They've relied on God in difficult times. They've sensed his joy and pleasure in those happy times. And they wanted to come and publicly acknowledge what that's meant and that it doesn't stop at 50 years. So Colin and Jean, over to you. Thank you, God, for Colin, for his gift of Colin, uh, to us all, yes, but to me especially, during these last 50 years. I want to say thank you for all that you have been, for all that you will be, for all that you are. And I also want to say that I love you and I thank you for your love for for me. And Jean, I thank God for the wonderful gift you are. I thank you for all that you have been, all that you will be and all that you are. And I thank you for loving me and letting me love you. It's really wonderful that Colin and Jean want to share within the church family. I think that is so precious. And not only are they making a public declaration of that commitment, they want to share in a celebration. So after the service, we have Prosecco, some soft fizz and some cake. So um, enjoy and celebrate with them. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this wonderful couple. We thank you that you drew them together. That when they met and began that relationship, you were part of it. And you have continued to be part of that relationship for 50 years. And we pray for the continuation of that adventure, of that journey, that they will know your presence with them. We thank you for the gift of marriage. We thank you for those who have married this year and begin that adventure. 
We thank you for those who are continuing on a long journey of marriage. And we commit all them to you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today's reading is Psalm 23, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Father, we thank you for drawing us together this morning. We thank you for bringing us back to this psalm for the last time in this series. And we pray that as we look at it again, our eyes would be open, our hearts would be touched, and our hand would be placed in yours for this journey ahead. In your name. Amen. Well, we have indeed come to the uh, last verse of Psalm 23. Let me move that down a bit. Um, We've been looking at it for uh, quite a few weeks over the summer, uh, and I just wondered whether, for those of you who've sort of either dipped in or out, uh, or maybe haven't been here at all over the summer, I'll do a quick uh, resume uh, as well. But it's one of those psalms that really needs virtually no introduction. Uh, because if you ask someone in the street, uh, either from a church background or a completely unchurched background, to quote uh, a piece of scripture, they would probably start, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's used in times of trouble. It's used at the bedside of people who are ill. It was learned by the elephant man, John Merrick. It's just one of those psalms that has captured the imagination. But the psalm has a really unusual author and a really unusual uh, subject because, as we know, it starts, the Lord is my shepherd. The shepherd, as we all know, a very lowly person, probably the poorest of the poor. So quite an unusual person Uh, to use as an illustration of a king. And not only a king, but the king. The king of kings, God himself. A shepherd, lowly, poor, whose life and well-being was tied up in their sheep. That's all they owned. They walked with them, they led them, they cared for them, they protected them, they lived with them. That was their life. And so, who is the author? Well, the Lord is my shepherd. Who is the my? The my, of course, is the sheep. 
So here we have a sheep writing a psalm. Wonderful. Sheep, of course, in the person of David. Uh, In the same way that the shepherd represents the king, so the sheep represents us. But that's the relationship uh, that is being articulated in this psalm. So very quickly, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He provides everything for us. Everything that we need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He cares for us physically and spiritually. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness. He tends our innermost being and develops that relationship. We had that illustration of standing under the waterfall, the shower of God's love. Verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, or that um, translation was was slightly different, uh, even in difficult periods of life, God is with us. Death itself even holds no fear. We walk through various periods of shadow, of darkness. And that in itself is a wonderful illustration, isn't it? Because you only get shadows where there is light. So the light is still there. Still uh, causing those shadows. Still available. And then last week, Colin uh, led us through verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. We eat at his table. Where you ate at a table, Colin was saying, that confirmed a relationship. A, a, a significant relationship with somebody else and you are anointed as, as his people and protected from his enemies, our enemies. And so there we have this journey all the way through the psalm of God walking through, the shepherd walking, leading, prodding, guiding his sheep. And so we come to verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy uh, will lead me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful image, this whole psalm of uh, a journey, our walk with God. Sometimes we find that quite uh, difficult to understand how we're walking with God, this unseen person. Uh, and perhaps therefore we can use Colin and Jean as a Uh, as an easier illustration that they walk with each other day by day they walk with each other their friends their confidants their guides their protectors their supporters their carers their lovers all of those things because they have that relationship with each other And within that relationship, we see a really interesting facet because it's surely goodness and, it says love in this translation, but goodness and mercy, same thing, will follow me all the days of my life. Uh, So rather unusually, I I just want to look at some key words. I don't always do this. Uh, But it occurred to me this week, because we've been away for a week with our son who came back from American brought his American fiance with him, and we would uh, we would be explaining something or using a word, and she just looked at us completely blankly. Bless her, and then she'd come back with something 
which equally meant nothing to me. But you'd nod and smile. And then she'd cotton on and explain what it was. Because the English language is torturous sometimes. And this verse starts with the word surely. Surely. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. Is there any doubt? Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. Me? Am I the subject of this psalm? Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. What surely are we going for here? I think it's not doubt. It's not consternation. It's certainty. Because we're dealing with the relationship of shepherd and sheep, of God and his people. There is no doubt. God is God. God does not change. God doesn't adapt his behaviour. God is God. He's reliable and constant. Because God is goodness. He is mercy. He can't change that. So surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. This is a certainty. And it's interesting that we have those two. Uh, the the um, commentaries actually say very, very little about this verse, which uh, is both quite uh, good for me, but also quite difficult. Um, but goodness and mercy, let's look at those two words next. Interesting words, aren't they? Because the one thing the commentaries do say is that when you walk with God, you journey with God, it's as if these two angels are following behind. One called goodness and one called mercy. Which is uh, an interesting illustration. I think it has limitations. But goodness, goodness is about its essence. It's full of health. We feed on food which is full of goodness. So it brings nourishment and health and life. Goodness is that sort of, it's an all-encompassing word. It's thoughtful, kind, compassionate, righteous, moral, principled, full of integrity. All of those things. Because that is your being and the being of God is goodness. And then we have mercy. Similar in many ways, that symbol of love to provide protection, of forgiveness, of provision, of protection, of kindness. Even when things fail, mercy and love is still there. Even over this last week, we haven't seen our son now for eight months, but uh, it wasn't all plain sailing over the last week. Uh, And he heard some home truths. Said in love. (laughs) And they were said in love. Because we love him. So we have these two companions. uh, And they follow us all the days of our life. Uh, And that in itself is a weird expression to follow. You know, do we turn around and see them? Is that what it means? I think it's more a case of, and this is a really weak illustration, but sometimes when you're walking down the street and someone walks past you, 
that they have some, you know, they have an eau de cologne, or they, they have, they, you know, they have aftershave, or whatever it is, they have it on. And you can smell the aura of that person. It follows them down the street. And I, I think that's more the sense of what we have here. This is the aura of the person. This is the being of the person. As they walk, so they carry with them goodness and mercy because they're walking with God, because they're walking with each other. And there are similar images in the Bible. The manna that followed them through the desert, the cloud during day, the fire, uh, the pillar of fire during the night, the water that flows from the temple and flowed down behind uh, the people. So this is a, a brilliant image in this verse of this pilgrimage, this journey of you and God, of me and God. Bringing this aura into the world, an aura which is flavoured, fragranced by the presence of God with us. And then the psalm concludes, the very last line, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, to take someone into your home, I'm sure you find, is a, is a vulnerable experience. Uh, we do it on a regular basis, for better or worse, uh, and sometimes it's turned out to be for worse. But we have taken lots of people into our home, and we have um, all the, the uh, staff team from Just Love uh, are coming to share this next week with us. Um, I'm going to work, so that's, that's easy. Uh, <laughs> So Marion will be doing most of the work, if not all of it. But the, the leadership team are coming with us for a few days and they will share everything with us. If it's in the house, they can use it. If it's there, it's theirs. And they can feel completely at home and we'll make ourselves feel vulnerable and we'll share our life with them. But at the end of the week, we know they're going to go. We do, don't we? We, do, we, they are. we know that they're going to go. But this isn't like that. I dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is our dwelling place. To actually live and dwell with someone is to experience who they are, what they are, on a completely different level. If Colin and Jean had married 50 years ago, and had lived in different places, they would not know each other in the way that they do today. But they have lived with each other for 50 years. They know each other inside out, I imagine. They're still smiling, that's good. <laughs> we live in the house of the Lord, and we will dwell there forever. The, the great preacher, um, Charles Spurgeon, has a wonderful line uh, on this because he says it's as if uh, during our lifetime we dwell in the ground floor of the house and we have everything at our disposal and we share everything with God. And then at that last day when he calls us home, that's when we go upstairs. And that's where we'll live forever. In Pilgrim's Progress, Christian has the opportunity to walk with God, doesn't he? 
And he comes and he goes, he succeeds and then he fails. But goodness and mercy didn't leave him. They were with him all the time. And ultimately took him on the path to reach his true home. This psalm then, the whole psalm, is about living differently and being different. Uh, Clive gave me a book just before um, the service started, actually. It was written by, and obviously I haven't read it yet because I've only just been given it, but uh, it will be good. Because it was written by my uh, tutor at uh, Theological College. Uh, And it's simply titled, Living Differently to Make a Difference. Living differently to make a difference. I like that. Because that is the aura, that is the essence that we carry as Christians. Wherever we go, we live differently to make a difference. And uh, I would leave you with two final stories. The first one we saw uh, in this last week, we were in Bath and... um, just for the day, and there was a wedding at the Abbey. Uh, And the the bride arrived with her, as ever now, the bridal squad. Uh, And there must have been about eight bridesmaids. Uh, And uh, Marion took Katie over to have a look at the dress and, you know, what was going on. Uh, And the amazing thing is, I'm sure you know where Bath Abbey is, right in the middle of the city, people everywhere, right next to the Roman bars, hundreds of people, Uh, And these girls all gathered round the bride, laid hands on her, and started to pray. It was fantastic. Living differently to make a difference. Right in the heart of Bath. Making a difference. Showing people that they believed in someone. And that this was going to make a difference to this couple. And then one final story, which you won't have seen in the press, um, but it happened uh, quite near my in-laws, just a few hundred yards up the road. Uh, They'd been to church. The church warden there hadn't been feeling very well, so partway through the service said, I'm going to ride my bike home. Uh, So he set off on his bike home, round a uh, quite a busy roundabout, where he was actually knocked off his bike by a car. Um, which, uh, so he's beside the road someone called the paramedics the paramedics arrived and were looking after him at which point a car pulled slowly round the roundabout uh, and they lived down in Herne Bay uh, in Kent which the reason for saying that will become apparent now because out of the car uh, the car stopped out of the car stepped the Archbishop of Canterbury Justin Welby walked up to the man lying on the ground. The paramedics stepped on one side and he said, can I help? And they looked at him and he said, I think I'll pray. So he prayed for this man just as he was lying on the ground. Uh, And then the paramedics came back, did their work uh, and put him in the ambulance and took him away. And and Justin Welby uh, went on to the service that he was conducting nearby. But that is a man who lives differently to make a difference. Wherever he is, 
There's this aura and essence of God because he walks with God all the time. And to see someone in need was someone that he couldn't drive past. He had to stop his car to get out and to pray with someone that he never knew. Didn't know their name. He won't have seen him since. In fact, the man died. So one of the very last things that happened was the Archbishop of Canterbury stopped his car and prayed for him. And I suspect Justin Welby doesn't even know that now. But he's living life differently in order to make a difference. And that's what this psalm does for us. Day by day, God walks with us as a sheep, uh, as a shepherd with his sheep, as a king to his people. So let us live our life differently for him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this wonderful psalm. We thank you for those words that lift us to you. Thank you that you walk with us, beside us, within us. And help us, we ask, to acknowledge that essence of goodness and mercy from you within us, that we might live differently to make a difference in our world. Give us those opportunities, give us the eyes to see them. And help us as we walk in your footsteps day by day. In your name we pray. Amen.